And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology. Here is today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things Amazon, e-com, startup, entrepreneurship, you name it. We're going to get through all of it. Today's guest uh, and I, we're going to be talking about how to monetize your message. I think it's a very relevant um, topic and something that um, a lot of influencers or people trying to build a brand don't really understand how to monetize. They figure out the art, they figure out the content, um, but that monetizing piece is so, so important. So um, Colin Stack, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate appreciate y'all having us and I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, before we jump right in, a shout out to today's sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. All right, Colin. So company, stack your message. Message built right into that. I love that. Um, before we jump in exactly to just like, let's get into the nitty gritty of how to monetize your message. I would love to know... Um, more about your story, like where it gets started, uh, like when you found digital marketing, when you learned, when you started learning to monetize your own message. Um, did you start immediately with this type of idea? Was it a lot of failures before? Anything you want to share? Um, I think it's best like when we get to know who you are as, as best as we can, and then really take from that why you're doing what you're doing. And I think that's that's the best way to go. So talk to me about the early days with Colin. Um, you know, did you always know you're going to be an entrepreneur or in business or is that something you kind of fell into? Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate it, Andrew. So at a very young age, I was born into uh, an active duty uh, military family. My father was in Korea at the time uh, where I was born. Uh, he was a Korean linguist, military intelligence in the U.S. Army. When I came to the States, I was nine months old. I lived on army bases, uh, domestic and abroad, uh, until I was 14. At 14 years old, uh, I was very, very fortunate that my dad said, hey, um, if you want to leave team sports and you want to you learn golf, because my father played on the all-army golf team and was very, very good at that point uh, for many decades, <clears throat> he said, I'll make sure you have lessons, you know the etiquette, and you know the game. Right before you ever play the game, you're going to know the history of the game. You're going to know how to play the game and you're going to know how to respect the game. So I learned a lot. I spent a whole summer, day and night, uh, bloody blistered, 14 years old, smacking balls, taking lessons, chipping, putting, and then working at the driving range just so I could hit more balls because I was so obsessed with getting better and getting better and getting better. After that summer, I played my first uh, junior golf tournament, my first round of golf in my life. I shot an 80. And I came in okay. third place. And for me, that was where the light bulb went on. I said, well, if you practice something and you practice to be great and you're literally devoted and obsessed and you eat, sleep and drink it, doesn't matter if it's for weeks, months or years, you will be good. You possibly may be great depending on what you think, what you feel and then what you put out into the world. I'm a big believer that everything is energy and attitude and frequency creates what what blessings will come right the, totally. the natural ability is not a natural ability you've created that ability by what you think what you feel right in that frequency and what you create so fast forward it was golf for me i was very blessed to have that that father and that support system in my life and then i took that professionally uh, in 2001 i was the youngest professional caddy i was single bag double bag four caddy uh, through a company called Caddy Masters Incorporated. For those that know golf, they're the, the creme de la creme when it comes to uh, professional caddy certification, right? So I was the youngest at the time in 2000. Uh, well, really 99 is when it started. 99, 2000 to be certified single bag, double bag, right? And four caddy for those that are, are golf fans. And then I took it on the road. I worked at a few golf courses in California. And when the opportunity came up, uh, to jump on a bag for a qualifier for the senior PGA tour at one of my home tracks, Coyote Creek 
right on the 101 in San Jose, California uh, in 2000, 2001, I started to do a lot of these qualifiers. And then when people started making the cut and qualifying, right, they're like, hey, kid, like stay on my bag. Let's let's do this tournament. So I earned some credibility on a few of these uh, these uh, these events, these tournaments on the senior tour and was fortunate to meet every great golfer to walk the earth. Uh, it, it gave me a lot of confidence in not just my game, but in myself. I was blessed to obviously make a living from that for about eh, eight months or so. And then I realized that, hey, there's a thing called school. I was actually a high school dropout, right? Turn, okay. go to work. Uh, and, and for me, it was, uh, you know, it was fun. It was fun. So fast forward, I took, you know, dropping out of high school, being entrepreneurial and wanting to uh, be more and do more, uh, really just to support myself and, and help uh, a family. I was the second of four kids. Uh, I was the, the oldest boy. I really just wanted to, to be a man. And, and, and I always knew at a young age that I would grow up and, and I would do this. So I was, I was blessed. I was fortunate that that developed and that came about. And then from that was an opportunity to uh, go play with D1 athletes in Tallahassee, Florida. So I went yeah. to Tallahassee uh, to FSU and I didn't have a, a high school diploma. I was a teenager, 17 years old at the time and was very good at golf. And so my parents positioned me on a golf course to train, to continue to practice, to continue to work, right? So I worked at a golf course. I practiced at a golf course. I lived at a golf course. Um, and then I had another job uh, actually picking up sales and appointment setting. Mm. And I started to learn mm. the art of high ticket sales and appointment setting. And I'm not going to plug the company because mm. I don't want to plug any brands specifically, but I started to work for one of the most prominent uh, home security system companies running a local branch. And I'm under the, eight, under the age of 18 at this time, right? So I have to get the thing. My parents give me permission to work and, you know, do the whole thing. I ended up running a team in, in this particular security system, setting appointments for their outside sales reps. And I was the best within weeks. And I really give testament to the people, uh, the training and the, the business acumen and the emotional intelligence that I was around for years, around my father, around people in the military and around the best golf courses and some of the best golfers in the world that poured into me, right? That helped me become that person you know, that helped me to have that emotional intelligence and that confidence. And I brought that into appointment setting and, you know, I didn't, I didn't like the job, but I liked the almost thousand dollars a week that I was making right at 17 years old. And I was yeah. like, wow, I have a, I have a gift. I have a skill. Right. And what I realized is that this thing called high ticket sales, direct sales, direct marketing is a thing. It's a business. I'm a young teenager, you know, turning into a young adult time. So fast forward, uh, Tallahassee is a party school was one of the best at the time. I started to invest my money in doing parties. Uh, the rest is history. I became one of the local go-to promoters. I then, uh, the following year became successful enough where I had made an exorbitant amount of money for my age. And I said, well, what am I going to do with it? And my dad said, government contractor, business development, director of ops for these big companies, you know, was teaching me and, and helping me. And he's like, well, look, you do whatever you want with it. You can buy a car. You can go on vacations, you know, you can have a girlfriend, you can do whatever your heart content, but I recommend you find a business, you start a business properly and you invest because earned income is one thing, but passive income is another, right? So yeah. having a skill is one thing, but then also creating a team and creating a process. So, uh, I got into events and concerts and, and then fast forward a year later, uh, I helped brand activations before they were a thing on premise and off premise. I helped launch Axe Can we Body stop there Spray. just for one second? Uh, oh, I, I just want to ask. Yeah, I just want to ask something about your dad, uh, if that's all right. Uh, yeah, you know, because 100%. not everyone has a dad that's that's their mentor as well, or that's like at least in business and like you know things like that. And your dad being a military guy, I think you mentioned being a fourth generation military or th three generation military. Third, um, yeah, you know, that's a yeah. pretty. Is it three? Okay, so that that's a pretty. Um, you know, like, this is the way we do things this is the way we've always done things this is what my dad did This is what my grandpa did, you know, for him to suggest um, finding a business and starting one to be an entrepreneur, to me seems like kind of opposite what I hear most dads that have gone down a career path or I went to this school, I went and did this, your cousins did this, your dad did this. Um, you know, entrepreneurship is a very risky thing. 
in a lot of ways. Uh, and maybe it was the confidence of seeing you already perform at such a high level at a young age. But I was, I just when hearing that from you kind of just sparked my brain of just being like, wow, what a dad, um, uh, you know, to kind of push you into that. I think it's like, at least I'm, we're around the same age. And, uh, you know, I feel like fathers around that time were just a little bit more risk averse. You know, my dad was like, get that internship, go do this, like, you know, very methodical around telling me like, I should be doing these types of things. Um, what what'd your dad do in the military? Like, what kind of guy was he uh, to kind of push you so young into entrepreneurship? Yeah, so my father was a Korean linguist, military intelligence, uh, went to Presidio DOI language school for those that know the military and, and the army specifically. Uh, out in Carmel, Monterey Bay. And my dad uh, worked on a team, a very un- specific and special team under the guardrail system out of Fort Huachuca, Arizona, that put the, uh, I won't go into details, but basically put some of the first UAVs and uh, some of our, our very high, uh, high speed, as they call it, and technology driven tech forward uh, inventions. He, he worked on a lot of those teams that actually so managed the comms. Yeah, manage the comms from land to air and air to land. So he was the signal uh, linguist, right? For the ones that know military, you have your signal, right? Out of Fort Gordon, Georgia, you have your comms, right? Your signal guys, then you have your air defense. So my dad was on that team of assisting and creating technology and then uh, process, really, right? On how do we manage successfully comms from, from here to here, from air to land and land to air, in a combat scenario, and then all linguistically, right, amongst other different languages, not not domestic, abroad, right, in a combat yeah. situation at, so at the highest seen, level. Seen international cultures, which I think opens your mind drastically, um, you know, as well as, um, you know, being in tech and, and in an innovate, innovative, it sounds like an innovative time in tech, um, where he was at, at least at that age, like doing new things, learning new process, seeing, seeing things. I think that perspective just matters in like, you know, how it flows down. So I was just interested to know, you know, kind of what, what he was doing that, that led him to be like, you know, to give that advice. I think that's really cool and, and special. I yeah. think you already know that, but I think it's pretty special to get that, yeah. um, at a young age. Okay. So I didn't mean to interrupt back Absolutely. to, back to the events, um, you know, and then pushing into what that next idea was, um, can you pick back up there? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I really took that local promoter and I realized there was more to it. I started to venture out two hours, uh, about two hour drive, 125 miles north, uh, Panama City Beach, right? For those, I'm 38, right? I'm an 84 baby. So back in our college days, uh, it was the spot, right? Top, top one, if not top three, depending on geographically what part of the U.S. you were on, right? You had the Jamaicas, you had the, the Mexicos, right? Then you had Panama City Beach, right? It, it, South Beach didn't hold a candle, right? Daytona mm-hmm. didn't, didn't have a chance. It was Panama City Beach. And so I went up there and I come from the event space for the college kids, right? And I went up there and I got a taste. And right away, because of the connections, I call it relationship capital, that I had locally in the panhandle, I was given opportunities. Hey, you know, I was a little bit skinnier, a little more handsome back then, a little bit younger. They say, hey, can you can you be, uh, you know, a brand manager for this activation? Can you do this activation? Can you promote this? Can you do that venue? And I was like, this is a thing. What I've been doing locally back at the college is a thing. I'm making great money, but there's way more opportunity. And now I'm seeing it first time, right? Oh, three. I'm, I'm looking around and I'm like, wow, this is big. So I dive right in. I fill out the application, little trailer. It was in Spinnaker. Anybody knows Panama City Beach? You had Club La Vila and you had Spinnakers. They're like, they were the two main attractions, right? La Vila's closed and a few other places are closed now. This is early 2000s. So I fill it out and I say, hey, local promoter, you know, bam, bam, bam. Had a MySpace page. I was already lit doing brand activations, but on a smaller scale back at the college at FSU. They look me up. They look my MySpace up. They call me same day. They're like, hey, you have way more experience and you're qualified, not just to be a handsome kid passing out a free sample. Come back. We want to talk to you. They said, hey, we need you here. We need you here. We're launching MTVU, right? It's going to be the syndicated channel for MTV 
we need you to drive this Hummer around. We need you to, to manage this team of guys and girls, like a like a, a bot squad, right? Like a promo team, guerrilla marketing, kind of like brand ambassador. Yeah, yeah. Right? Before like, social, yeah. this is this is MySpace, AOL, Instant Messenger days, and we need yeah. you to beat the streets, and we need you to bring all the college kids at this location at this time for LL Cool J, Snoop Dogg. These are televised. We need the kids on the beach, excited, happy, ready to do contest, spring break party vibes. Right. They didn't do this is this is oh three. You couldn't just send a tweet out, drop your location, put the pin and be like, hey, pull up. Right. It was, was guerrilla marketing. I was I was in a band for five years before I got into e-com with my degree. And it was the time of MySpace and like the MySpace flyers. And, uh, you know, that was infographics and graphic design. Like that was how you promoted your stuff. And if the flyers were dope, if they were getting shared around, if they were getting tagged, like you had great events, you know, uh, at least through MySpace. Like at that time, it was yeah. like, it very much was kind of guerrilla warfare, MySpace secret shows and that kind of stuff. Um, it was definitely Absolutely. more old school. You had to go on tour. You couldn't just blow up on Spotify or YouTube, you know? Um, cool. Yeah, I remember the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I was very fortunate to have success with the guerrilla marketing, right? On-premise, off-premise, brand activations, brand promo. And then creating that and bringing people to this this big thing, MTVU, right? Now you have this channel that's in the dorms. Now you have, right? So then ESPN calls me, hey, we're doing ESPNU, right? I get a call from Rockstar Energy Drink. I get a call from from Playboy. It's Maxim. It's Axe Body Spray, right? I start getting all these calls and it's happening in days and weeks, right? Because people talk, people know, people watch. And this is pre-social. No DMs. No dropping your pin, no mass text, right? Private chats. None of this existed. So I was like, wow, I called my dad and my dad at this time still was working in government contracting and he worked in Silicon Valley, right? So right when Google started, my dad was in that same grid, that same two mile grid of Google at the beginning, but he was on the government contracting side, right? And I said, dad, I said, all this stuff is blowing up, um, I'm, I'm situated, I'm set up. There's a lot that I don't know, right? I don't know contract law. I don't know, like they're trying to get me to do this. They're trying to take my IP contracts. What's intellectual property? What's, what's a billable hour? What's the, like, I'm just a kid. I'm a All young adult. Stuff. All the business stuff is just slapping me in the face and I have no team in process. It's solopreneur, like just great at what I do and I'm just winging it. I got a fanny pack and a backpack full of cash and I'm just... I'm just doing it. Right. So I learned a lot and fast forward. Uh, I said, okay, this is cool. Sold that, created a business, made a lot of money. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing 20 now. I'm a millionaire. I have the cars. I have the, I have the expensive watches. I have all these things and I'm just like burning through cash, cash. Like I'm not going to put that in the bank. There's this thing called the IRS right? There's this thing called like capital gains. Like I'm learning all this at a very young age, self-taught, right? Like there's n- nobody's advising mm. me. Okay. I have, you know, you, you hire people and stuff like that, but who do you trust? Right. Mm. And you're like, when you're hot, you're hot. Right. And, and, and I was famous without being famous and I was living the life of, of a celebrity, 19, 20 years old. So fast forward, made some mistakes. We're all human. As you go this way, you go this way. And I learned a lot. I learned that when you're paying every single tab, everybody loves you. And when the boat sails and somebody has to pay the insurance, the gas and the staff, nobody's around. Right? And it, and it, and it sucks. Right? The girl doesn't love you. Your best friend's gone. They probably slept together. You know? <laughs> they're, they're both stabbing you in the back and you just don't know it. Right? And so it just, the ship burns metaphorically. And uh, I was like, wow, okay. Did the wrong thing the wrong way with the wrong people, but I was successful. I was extremely successful, but I had a ton of people take advantage of me. Mm. What do I do now? And I'm emotionally like torn. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I feel like I really didn't have any, any friends. I was just the guy that got used and abused. And I remember having a conversation with my dad. My dad said, well, you don't have it in you. He was like, you're, you're a little out of shape. You know, he, we got into a conversation one day. We're just sitting there, you know, cashing in the patio. And he's like, you would never cut it in the army. You couldn't make it through basic combat training. 
And I said, okay. And I'm financially really good at this point. I'd blown most of my money, but I was still six figures. I was good. Mm -hmm. I was way beyond anybody my age that I knew. And I said, you know what? I've always been driven by money, attention, fame, clout, notoriety. But I've always been behind the scenes, but I always wanted to be the guy on stage. Like all these people, like everybody, they just don't admit it, right? And I was like, you know what? What if, what if I prove my family wrong and I just went into the military? I was like, all right, dad, I'll make a deal with you. I'm not going active duty, but I'm going to go in. I'm going to go, I'm going to look at the guard and I'm going to look at the reserves. And I'm still going to go through all this shit, basic combat training, AIT, and come out permanent party. But I'm just going to do it part-time. He said, oh, there's no way. There's no, there's, you, you can't make it. You're not, you're not mentally tough, right? You're, you're out of shape. You're partying. You're blowing all your money. My family was disappointed. Like they would voice it, not too harsh, but they were like, whatever. You know, you had all these blessings and you just blew it. You, you, you blew it. There's plenty of people that have done that. Most people do that, right? And I was like, all right, I'm gonna prove you wrong. So I went to MEPS in Jacksonville. I enlisted, 6'3 Bravo. At the time, it was a diesel mechanic. I went to basic combat training, May 2007. Fast forward, almost uh, shattered my foot, was in a cam boot, and entire basic combat training from week two. Anybody knows week zero, it's just, you know, you're getting your books, you're getting indoctrinated and everything. It doesn't really start to your second week, 10 and a half weeks. So from week two on, I was at Fort Sill Lot in Oklahoma in a cam boot, combatives, U.S. weapons, week five, qual. 20K ruck march, 90 pounds on my back, uh, Nick at night at the very end of basic combat training. I was doing all this stuff in a cast, basically, because they kept wanting to recycle me. Anybody who knows military FTU, fitness training unit, fitness training unit, you get recycled and then you're basically kicked out and you're medical. And I said, well, I made, a, I made a commitment that I've quit at a lot of things in my life. And this is the, the emotional, the most emotional and physical pain I've ever felt. Right. And I'm way stronger than this. And I've already been through things in my life that I probably <laughs> I got lucky and I'm lucky that I'm here type type situation. So I reflected and I was like, you know what? I remember being at the uh, the you know uh, clinic on the army base and the, the commanding officer calls me in. It's like, ah, we're going to medical you out. And I was like, no, I was like, I can pass everything. And the driving thing for me was. My father, you know, I kind of didn't really make a bet, but I made a bet to myself, right? When my, when my father and my family didn't think I could do it. Like they, they wouldn't say that direct, but they kind of said it like, yeah, yeah, you know, good luck, right? Low expectation, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I said, because I was out of shape, you know, mentally I was just partying and, and living this life of, you know, fame and success and, without being famous. But like, you know, I was doing my jam. I was a young guy. So I ended up making it out. I took off my, my cam boot uh, two, days, two days before family day. They call it family day when your family can show up, right? Anybody in the military knows this. And uh, graduation. And then I ended up uh, taking off my cam boot and doing my, my fitness, my, my two-minute push-up, my two-mile run, and my two-minute sit-up, right? You have to qual based on your age and gender. And I did it two days before graduation because I kept passing everything. They kept trying to medical me out, and I kept passing Right? I kept passing, I kept passing, I kept passing. And they're like, well, fuck it. We can't kick the kid out because he has to sign, right? He won't give up. He's either going to shatter his foot and then like, and he's going to tap, right? It's just, it's the army. Like this is, this is what it is, right? We want him to be tough. We don't want him to be soft. Like, okay, cool. Let's run it. And so I was like, this is what you guys taught me, right? Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, personal courage. Like this is what you guys taught me. Like, let's run it. And uh, when I did that, it was super emotional for me. I was very proud. And my, my mom and my sister came and family came. And then AIT, I, I tore AIT apart. I was top of my, top of my class. And I'm um, sorry, I'm in this restaurant. They got all this stuff going around. And it was great. Uh, I look back now and I'm grateful I did it. Uh, I'm grateful I went through it. And uh, I definitely came out a better person. 2009, 2010, uh, I got into impression-based, and you know this, this is your world, right? So fast forward, a uh, buddy called me up. He said, man, you got this massive network of celebrities, uh, business owners, brick and mortars, all these people you've done all these events with and college parties, and spring break stuff. He goes, there's this new thing, 2009, 2010. 
impression-based ads on Facebook. Mm -hmm. He goes, he goes, Hey dude, I need your help. I need your help to, uh, to create this business. I need your help to create this business. And I said, well, what's in it for me? And he said, I'll pay you X. I want your mind. I was like, all right, I'll do a meeting for that. Pays me X. He goes, create a deck, go out as you did before and just sell impression-based discounts and coupons, right? Locally to local brick and mortars for college students. So I was one of the first to create a discount and coupon-based impression-based. Remember when we created e-flyers at MySpace? And we would have that like 600 DPI little four by six and we would shrink it down and we would take a backlink and we would throw the backlink in there and we would create a hyperlink to where you could click it like MySpace days on banner ads and then it would drive you to the website. I did that same thing at the very beginning of impression-based ads on Facebook. I was I selling a two, I was selling a $2,000 monthly subscription at the very beginning. And we both know how much it costs for an impression at the very beginning. Right? So I was like, wow, this is profitable and it's working and people are coming into the brick and mortar and these people are calling me month two, month three, like, dude, this really works. We do you're, it again. you're like, we do it again. you're like, yeah, you're like Aladdin, right? Can you do it again? Give me more, give me more, give me more. And I'm like, dude, we got to create a value stack. Like we got to create an offer, like start reading about stuff, start learning, start trying to travel and go to events. I'm like, there's nothing around. Like, at that time, there was no place to go learn from people. Exactly. You had to figure it the fuck, you had to figure it the fuck out, right? You had to create it. You had to like yep. pave the way. And I'm like, all right, been here before, right? Brand activations, spring break, college parties, sponsorships, like on-premise, off-premise. Like I've done this shit. Like let's run it. I didn't know the value of IP, monetization of your intellectual property and relationship capital. These are all things that came much later. Somebody calls me up. They say, hey, man, right? You're on the map. You're hot. You're making, you're, you're making a lot of money. Uh, we'd love to buy you, right? I'm like, oh, cool. You know, sit down, big offer. I don't call anybody. I'm so like, this is my second time to make money, right? Like I can fix all my fuck ups. Like I'm young, I'm single. Mom I'm and dad back. are going to be back. proud. I'm going to buy my house. I'm going to buy my car. Like, I'm just thinking like, man, I made it, you know, like I fucking made it. And uh, I was so proud of myself. I was like, all those things I had to go through, the good and the bad and the different, like, this is it. This is why I went through it. And I'm like reliving the last seven years of my life. So I sold no advisor, no mentor, no guidance. Like I didn't do my due diligence. Like I probably got a hundredth of what it was worth. Right. And some of us have been there, but I mean, anybody at the top spender, you fail a lot before you figure it out. And that IP is from that, from those experiences in life. So I was like living on top of the world, uh, 2014, uh, you know, fast forward. Was it seven figures? Was it six figures? Yeah, seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, seven. That's yeah. still a good chunk. You. Yeah, yeah. Was I it mean, five it, years? It, Were you doing it 2007 to 2012, you said? Yeah, no. Or? So I started to study 2009. I applied it in 10, and then I got out of it in 12. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was a big part of my life. And um, even at that time, we, we all know anybody in the space – over a decade ago, there wasn't too many people in paid media, agency no, world. I, I mean, like, 2000, there was a hundred of us, like, <laughs> 10? like yeah, yeah, there wasn't too many. 2012 is when I found ecom, and there were Facebook guys, uh, you know, the courses, the gurus, things like that. In the Amazon space, there was no one, so I can attest to that. Like, I'm a little bit behind you in regards to finding ecom. Um, I'm 12 years in. But when I found it, there was not a YouTube channel. There was not an agency to copy. There was not like anyone writing up about any of this kind of stuff. Like there was, and it's still this small. The Amazon industry is still, you know, you can go to a conference and know 75% of the vendors, you know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So I can imagine. And I went into Amazon because I felt like I was a little behind on Facebook and I wanted to be at the front of something. Uh, just That's awesome. for me, I'm a, I'm just kind of a trailblazer kind of guy versus like, a you become the pro behind other guys, you know, and I just couldn't really get the guys that were great at Facebook to really give me any secret sauce. It was all just high level, do this, do that. Um, 
and circumstances just pushed me into Amazon. But I can relate very much so um, and this industry to being like, look, there's, I mean, that's why, you know, I, I argue that Marknology is one of the best Amazon agencies in the world. Uh, if not, you know, top 10, top 20 at the, at the most, uh, there's just not that many, uh, to really choose from at all. Uh, and then I just, you know, believe in, in the work we do, but there's, it's just a small industry really when you like know what you're doing, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Paid media so, was not something we heard of. Absolutely. And for me, it was, you know, that blessing and that idea would have never been an inception if I hadn't came from the, the concerts and events, right? Concerts and events, mm-hmm. uh, concerts and events, and then the ability to go into uh, brand activations, right? Brand activations, on-premise, off-premise, and doing what I did and how I did it. None of the opportunities would have developed if I hadn't done that, right? So when I did that, I then realized, okay. I'm too hard on myself, right? At that, you know, you go through all these, the roller coaster of life, the ups and downs, the relationships, the things, the it's, the what's. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm too hard on myself. The first attempt in learning, as I started to realize, was I was learning a lot. And then once I took the L, one day I literally just figured this out and wrote it down off of learn. I was earning from what I applied, from what I learned. And I said, wow, it was like an Einstein moment for me. I was like, holy smokes, wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. If I do the right thing, the right way, with the right people, I will not fucking fail. Like It's like when I take... Right? Exactly. To it, just to bring it full circle to what we've been talking about. But, you know, dad said you're going to learn a summer first, but you're going to learn the rules, how to play it you know, the rules, how to respect it. Then you got coaching, you're learning from the right people with the right people, getting coaches and experts to show you the game. And then when you got into the game, you know, you place third in that tournament or third in that exhibition, um, bringing that full circle, you know, it's crazy how we can know how to do things. And then, then like, you know, we just forget something pivotal along the way. Um, but that's what it made, immediately made me think of is, is kind of like getting that coach, getting that, you know, practicing, learning, studying before you jump into it. No, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once everything came full circle to your point, it was like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, You know, I'm now in a position that I've learned a lot. And in 2014, I met my my now wife. And in 2016, I started to dabble in crypto. Right. And 2017, I started to learn a little bit about it. And then in 2017, I said, look, what are the, the spots, the industries, or the businesses that I could not just – I didn't want to have my own agency because I didn't want the, the, the overhead. I didn't want to go back to having all those responsibilities, quite frankly. But I said, look, I know the power of my intellectual property now. I know the power of how to monetize, how to create team system, tech stack, process, create offer, create product, create service, and vehicle, and monetize that. I have all of this knowledge up to now. So I started to focus on home service space, right? I started to focus on roofing, solar, right? Home service space, niche down. And I was told by a gentleman, niche will get you rich, right? The riches are in the niches. And I was like, all right, I'll try this out. I have, I have the understanding. I have the, the wherewithal and the ability to do so. And I can, I can take a gamble literally and figuratively. Like, let's, let's do this. And so I started to look for smaller agencies that were doing it, right? That weren't at that point, but that wanted to be there. And then I would take a retainer and a vested position in that company. Very M&A, right? Mm-hmm. Before I even knew what M&A was. And I'm just one step ahead. And I would go in and say, look, I'll help you. And if I help you hit this mark, I want X. Because now I've already understood that I was backdoored on a lot of deals and I didn't want to be backdoored on a lot of deals, but I knew that people couldn't pay me for the value that I had. And now I understood the value of my intellectual property. And I would take something small on the front for my ability and experience, and I would take a majority on the back based on my performance and results. If I can take you from an apartment and put you in your dream house, what's that worth to you? Mm. Right? And so I started to position myself 
and play the game. And once I knew how to play the game, I started to win and I started to win and I started to win because they're winning because they didn't have to go through the decade plus of BS, right? To get there, right? And I said, wow, okay, this is something. This is understanding your message, understanding yourself, understanding your skill set, and creating a product and service from it, which to this day, most of the world doesn't understand, mm-hmm. right? So I said, okay, now we got something. In 19, I'm a father now, married my son. Uh, in 16, I had my first child. I'm sitting there one day and it's, it's Q4 and I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling fulfilled, right? I'm traveling, I'm doing all these things and going to all these trade shows and conferences and masterminds and jumping on jets and flying private and cool cars and first class and fancy hotel and amazing food every meal of the day. And I'm like, wait a minute. People are just coming to me to pick my brain and I'm being generous and I keep giving, I keep giving, I keep giving because I'm not thinking about making money anymore because I made the money that I wanted and now I'm, I'm complacent. I'm comfortable. And I said, well, some of these people are taking advantage of me. They realize I'm complacent. They realize I'm comfortable. They realize I'm successful and they're blocking me from my blessings. So then I took a step back and I said, well, what happens in the paid media world, right? If I'm generating hundreds of millions of dollars in leads, right? For dozens of clients. And then I'm scaling that at scale in multiple agencies, in, in niches, in industries that need this to keep the lights on. There's value there. They're selling a high ticket roof, a solar system, this, that. They're making a hundred grand on one project. They're only paying me seven. Three thousand for a retainer. They're only spending four or five, maybe six grand on paid media. I'm giving them the KPIs. I'm giving them the strategy, the creatives, the metrics and analytics to perform on the zaps that connect to their paid ad, geofencing, teaching them advanced keyword search, how to go after competitors. What is a negative and a positive keyword search? How to position their pay-per-click? This is all my intellectual property that most agencies don't have. Even to this day, you can go on, you can learn free Google search, you can go Facebook, you know all this stuff, right? And you can go do this jam and you can be successful. But having, once you know you have the sauce, and so what I learned there was I was giving the sauce away. But I was giving it away to people that didn't appreciate it. And once they made a lot of money, they're happy to pay you that, that small retainer. And they're happy to spend that 5, 10, 20 grand on ad spend. But they're in the corner kind of snickering. They're like, oh, we're getting over on them. We made 10 million. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Right? And then I started to smell it. I started to see it. I started to feel the energy. And I was like, you know what they don't have? They don't understand their message though. They don't understand how to create content. They don't understand their avatar and prospect and how to speak to them. They don't understand how to create a simple lead magnet of a landing page, simple capture information, put it into a CRM and create a nurture sequence on what to do, how to do and why to do it. If they knew that they would be dangerous. Mm Mm-hmm. When storms weren't hitting and home service base wasn't working and people weren't making hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars from these campaigns, the agency, as you know, right, is the bad guy. And Mm -hmm. I had another Einstein moment. I said, no, guess what? Everybody's profitable. All of you have made deals, right? Let's do an audit on how many leads came in and how much those deals were worth. You have somebody spending 300 grand that made millions. That's called an ROI and an ROA. That's called a freaking gold medal, right? And I kept seeing a pattern. So I said, you know what? This is my fault because I didn't create the right system and audit and process and account management, right? And and in between a bridge from the front end and the back end of that that agency. I didn't own the agency. I just Mm -hmm. built it for the client, right? I had a rev share and a retainer. And I did that for multiple successful agencies. When I said, look, I I was hard on myself because I was fractional CRO, fractional CMO, fractional COO, fractional CTO, when I was only getting paid for one position. 
but I knew that the IP was, was there and I, I had to give it, I had to help because I felt obligated. But then I said, you know what? I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the problem in this particular equation because I can go out and teach people how to define their message, how to build their content, how to position and package and polish their creatives and how to be great and be better before they ever go hire anybody for paid media. Because once they do that, they're never going to fail. And they're going to evolve. They're going to pivot. And they're never going to dissolve who they are, what they do, or why they're great. So I sat there. I told my wife right before COVID, I'm going to leave everything. Rev shares, equities, retainers. Uh, I'm going to step back. And I'm just going to start to connect with people organically that I know. And I'm going to help them. And I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to prove this to myself that I can go out, I can take an expert entrepreneur, right? A product or service-based business, right? And create creatives, create landing pages, create sequences and systems and CRMs front end and back end that actually have connectivity that are sticky and work organically before they ever run paid ads and show people based on their skill set how they can actually monetize their intellectual property and adapt and tie that into their product or service. So I did that and I did that a lot of that actually with celebrities. And if you look at my mm. page, you'll see a lot of A-list celebrities, big movie stars, rappers, performers, right? And I started to go back to a lot of my relationships and it seemed like things were just in the fintech and SaaS and software space coming to me. And people are like, hey, I want you to sit on this board. Hey, I need you as fractional CRO. Hey, I need you for talent acquisition. Hey, I need you as fractional CMO. And I'm like, well, I'm sitting here figuring out where I want to go, what I want to do and how I want to impact the world. And I'm doing it with some pretty awesome people in a pretty awesome way. I need to, uh, I need to make some cash, right? I'm just kind of sitting around figuring it out. So, okay, cool. So I started to do a lot of these fractional, you know, consulting type of gigs and I was making pretty good money doing it. And then I sat around and I was like, all right, we need to do more. So in 2022, it was a pivot from celebrity, big brand, 2020, you know, 2020, 2021 was all big. It was all flashy. It was the best. And 22, I said, hey, we need to start helping the startup, right? We need to start tapping into the, the normal, uh, let's call it, you know, quarter million to two million annual that's struggling, that does great in the physical world but their digital duplication, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And their biggest pain point is if they don't figure this out in the next three to six months, they're out of business. Right. And especially, so, especially during this time, right. Post correct. Especially, right. especially. And so I started to do that. I, I never ran any ads. As you can see, I'm, I'm pretty much a ghost online. Right. And I've been blessed because I've had referral after referral, after referral, after referral, I've just had, I've been blessed, right? I show up, I do, if I say I'm making, you know, apple pie, I make two apple pies and people are like, yo, it's the best apple pie. And you know, where do I send the wire? And I've just never had to come out from behind the curtain. And now I made it a point to myself to come out because I know that there's a lot of blessings that are being blocked for others, not knowing about who I am, what I do, or the level I've done it on as well as for myself. And it has nothing to do for a money thing for me. It has everything to do with, I know if I help individuals monetize their message of who they are, what they do, and why they're amazing, that I'm going to help myself and that a byproduct of that is money by doing the right thing the right way with the right people. Wow. Love that. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, that was quite quite the story and background, but it couldn't you couldn't have laid it out better in regards to how you got where to where you are right now and with what you're doing. Um, and my path, honestly, is very, very similar, um, from instead of promotions and events, it was, it was shows, 96 shows one year on tour, you know, setting them up, setting them up with tours, trying to get on the tours, you know, running the merch, a lot less money involved. Uh, but you know, doing the thing that, that really taught me about branding and marketing, how to, how to schedule stuff, how to coordinate, you know, city to city to city to city on a road tour, um, you know, meeting people, meeting other great artists that I then used for for capital later on uh, as I needed to get things done in my marketing world and knew who to go to for what. 
um, down to starting as a, a at a corporate company, making the millions, getting twenty cent raises, you know, uh, to starting to freelance, got top ten in the world on Upwork, um, started working with some big brands, still didn't know what I was doing, uh, you know, start getting paid what I th- what was still pennies at the time uh, to make to, to do a lot, but it was giving me freedom. So I'm like, this is amazing. Uh, you know, from there, the agency's grown, taking care of family along the way with, with those blessings. Um, and to a point where now I'm doing rev share with brands, getting equity in brands, you know, trading sweat equity or small retainers in order to get, um, you know, ownership in things, uh, and, and rev profit sharing, sure. All those types of things, working with influencers, uh, because they've already got the digital space figured out. So it becomes, much easier to launch digital products, uh, not even digital products, just uh, online e-commerce type of products when they already have a voice and a brand message figured out um, to the point where uh, as an Amazon agency, we're trying to be the content leader uh, where where brands are finding us to help them with their messaging, specifically on the Amazon platform. Um, it's different than on TikTok or Instagram or Walmart or Target or their website. Uh, Amazon has its own nuance, right? And so working with influencers, how do you take the off Amazon efforts and retail and, and uh, promotions and events and, and make that work uh, in the e-commerce space? So absolutely, I do, um, you know, a lot of speaking, a lot of free value, um, not quite the same offer at the end of the day. But I have found that if you just lead with with value and service and, and trying to do your best job the right way every time, um, it's crazy what comes back. It's crazy, crazy what comes back. I can 100% um, agree with that statement. You know, you just do your best and put it out there and the universe the universe responds. It's a frequency thing. You know, it really is a frequency thing. Um, and you just have to learn. I think whenever you're on the right frequency or you have like that light, that shine, so to speak, you know, that, that right shine, um, you attract blessings. You also attract leeches you know, uh, because they see you shining. So it's just something that you have to take the good with the bad, I think, in that aspect. So just adding my two cents to um, kind of resonate with what you're saying. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of have that path of like, it wasn't I was doing anything wrong then. I've just evolved and this is what's next. And sometimes it comes with just a a, a pivot or a what I'm doing is just not fulfilling me. Like you said, you're on the jets eating the meals, had a, has a child, a new wife, um, and being like, this just isn't fulfilling me. Life's too short to, to just keep doing stuff that, that sucks you dry, especially if you're a creator and an innovator. I think specifically for people like us, um, doing something that you don't love or that doesn't fuel you is just extra heavy extra heavy uh than for some people uh you know i think um we're just built a little bit different and um i love the ip thing it's something that you know it's hard to get paid um what you're worth when you know you can make people millions um it's just hard to do that right uh you know you can promise the world you can you're just like look the advice i have i know that if put into action is worth xxxxx um I'm sorry, you don't value it that way. Uh, but I know that it will take you. I mean, I'm 30,000 hours in on Amazon. So my confidence level is high at 30,000 hours of practice. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I'll share something with you too, for the listeners, yeah. Andrew, right? Is like, let's talk about, I'll give a, a cliff, a little cliff here of monetize your message. Monetize your message to me is what is your individual IP, your intellectual property of everything you've experienced in your life personally and professionally that has brought you to present day now of who you are, what you do, and why you're amazing. That could be a product, a service of any form of an offer. could be direct to consumer, could be a disposable, could be a consumable goods, right? It can be a a goods-based product. It can be a service-based product. At the end of the day, most businesses are pouring their IP into that product or service, but they're selling that IP as part of that product or service. When in all reality, your offer, your core offer, your core product is here. Your intellectual property 
is here. It's a different line item. Most people call IP because they don't truly know what it is, consulting. They call it consulting. And they say, I can do one-on-one. I can also create a group coaching. I can create a downsell and an upsell to my core offer for consulting done with you for a project, done for you for a project. This is my model of my business. Because once I understood that this was a separate line item that I kept giving away, right? And I kept putting into my message to sell the product for a thousand bucks, to sell the ebook for 49, right? To sell the free webinar with the hook <laughs> to a one week masterclass for 2,500. But the IP is a hundred million dollars. And now you're birthing and giving life to inception of businesses that now compete with you and or take market share and or both, if not a different business and you have no credit, you have no payment because you haven't positioned yourself to be efficient and effective in understanding the value of your intellectual property. I say this from a place, I haven't even mentioned the deal. I created a company in 2020 based on relationship capital and based on my intellectual property that in 2021 was the first AR VR blockchain based crypto based company and NFTs to hit the NASDAQ. I have the receipts to prove it. I have the founding co-founder original docs and contracts and shareholders agreement to prove it. I call it receipts, right? Documentation over conversation. By choice, based on the people involved in the deal, I didn't want to be in the press. I didn't want to be on the 60 Minutes interview when it was episode one people. Episode two was the company that I created, right? $220 million deal. What I did wrong, and I, and I can't speak too much on it right now, but what I did wrong was I gave the IP to create the inception. And then once again, in development of team and process, I didn't contractually position my intellectual property outside of Cullen stack. Mm. And so it was together in one taken as one and monetized without me. $220 million, first one to ever hit the NASDAQ, right? Let's just, let's just say it was a, a company that put out the NFT project for a Canadian rapper that may or may not be in trouble after the fact, right? That was the first live streaming music NFT on planet Earth. And my intellectual property birthed that entity. And I'm in the books that everybody is pitching blockchain, smart contracts, NFTs, altcoins. How do you create a roadmap? Guess what, motherfuckers? It started right here. I believe you. I believe you 100%. And I know I know uh, it's easier said than done in some ways when it comes to protecting um, protecting your IP, especially when you're trying to help and serve. And like, you know, you're like, oh, let me show you how. Let me jump in. And, um, you know, a lot of the terminology used in the Amazon industry today is stuff that I, you know, I was, I was talking you coined about it. on YouTube. You coined it. I was, Exactly. Right. You and you know it. that whether it's in the papers, whether it's in the articles, whether you ever get credit from anyone, um, I coined it. Right. It wasn't a thing. It was a thing that everyone pushed back against. I, I was I was honestly going against the Facebook guys uh, because the Facebook guys hated Amazon with a passion uh, because there's no attribution. There's no way of really knowing if their Facebook ads were converting or not is how they justified their work. Right. And so they, they wanted nothing to do with Amazon at the time still an amazing channel look at it right so all the aggregators and roll-ups and all those things um so i have very much uh, a sensitive spot for ip and those kinds of things and i know this has honestly been an awesome episode for people i think are just hopefully an eye-opening uh episode of just hearing from somebody that's done it that's learned and earned uh and that's like you know um taking that and said not I'm going to just be resentful and bitter and like not make this a thing. Instead, I'm going to continue to involve 
evolve myself as an entrepreneur, um, you know, and keep going. I know you're not done. So uh, hopefully the the NFT project is a great is a great, you know, got the metal, um, but there's more stuff coming. I, I have to wrap this up because we're, we're on the hour and uh, I want to give a shout out once again to our sponsor, uh, Fullscale.io. Do you need to hire software engineers, testers or leaders? Let Fullscale help. They have the people on the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit Fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions, let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers and leaders. At Fullscale, they specialize in building long term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit Fullscale.io. Fullscale is a company uh, founded and created by my mentor, uh, Matt DeCourcy, an, an amazing, brilliant man. Uh, his team, check out the website just uh, to any of our listeners, fullscale.io, just to see how awesome their team is. They've done some really cool stuff there on the site. Uh, if you're looking for uh, engineers or, or web dev, it's super cool way of interacting with their team and finding somebody that's great for you. Uh, Colin, a couple more questions before we sign off. I usually like to end the show uh with two questions one of them uh what's something that you're excited about uh you know in 2023 we're, we're almost halfway through the year that you're working on uh with stack your message so like just something you're excited about professionally and then something you're working on or you're excited about personally hopefully there's a separation between the two just a little bit so my, mine live together right so something professionally you're excited about that you want to share with the audience and something personally that you're working on toward a goal it could be it could be travel it could be family it could be you know anything um and then lastly where can people contact you find out more follow your story absolutely no great questions i appreciate it andrew yeah so uh, what am i looking forward to right now is uh, taking my my expertise you know my intellectual property and my team into moving from only working high level over the last couple of years and the pivot that i had working with A-list celebrities, right, in Fortune 1000 companies, and moving into what I call small businesses, focusing on small businesses, people under 50 million, right, that need to go from the physical world to the digital world, right, with their product, service, and or IP to help them monetize and create an offer, a team, a process, a tech stack, and actually monetize and scale. So that's my focus. Uh, I've partnered up with C-Rock, uh, that one boot camp, uh, that one agency, and um, so I helped them 4x in 45 days, their, their best month, their best month in 16 months, right? They've exceeded is now their best week, uh, surpassed that. I did that in 45 days. Uh, that was really cool. And from that, uh, he asked me to create a boot camp, which I co-founded with him and launched just a few days ago. Uh, the next one's going to be July 18th. Uh, if anybody's interested in looking at that, they can go to that number one, that one bootcamp.com. Uh, if they have any questions, they can fill out the information and, and connect with myself or C-Rock, Mikey C-Rock, uh, that one agency. And personally, you know, um, I'm really grateful for my wife, uh, my son, my nine-month-old daughter, and really just having the, the ability to uh, spend the summer and travel a little bit and just become a better human being, uh, become a better person, and, you know, through the blessings and opportunities of really doing cool things with cool people, uh, which I've been doing for a long time. But now I feel like I'm in a place where there's a lot more integrity and uh, moral compass around the people I'm working with. I've weeded out and I've learned uh, what is my intellectual property and how to uh, do the right thing the right way with the right people. So I've learned from that. And now, you know, as I always say, you take the L off of learn, you will always earn from what you apply, from what you learn. So that's that's uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to this summer and the remainder of the year is just, uh, you know, become healthier uh, mentally, right, physically and and then prosper from that, um, become closer to God, uh, be a little bit more dialed in on faith and, and focus on the why, uh, even though the why is really big and just continue to support my family and be fortunate and blessed to do that and then move into, you know, where can people find me, uh, you know. I'm pretty accessible. Uh, you can go to stackyourmessage.com, fill out the lead form, uh, you know, reach out to me. I have a business cell and a, and a community and a contact uh, private chat that I use pretty frequently. I'm pretty open and, and always able to uh, jump on a call and connect. I love it. And we'll have all the all of his contact information in the show notes. So so for anybody that's driving on the road or needs to look something up later and can't write stuff down, uh, you can look up the episode and find everything you need to contact Colin or, 
or uh, follow his journey. It's been awesome having you on the show, my friend, uh, and I hope to stay connected. And Hustlers, we'll see you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.